What I like is community-driven content, community. I like the community element around the games where people are bringing their creative things out into the you know public sphere through zines or itch or whatever. I like that idea of like what I called at uh, some point in time open gaming where the gaming community themselves puts out the content for the gaming community where it's gamers making for other gamers you know people who are passionate about it more so than like making a game for the profit of a shareholder. Welcome to the Daiku Podcast. I'm Gary Snow, and with me is Logar the Barbarian from Wobblies and Wizards Podcast, the daily podcast, which is like an amazing feat unto itself. As a podcaster, I can't even believe that you're able to do it, but it's absolutely tremendous. I love listening to it. Logar, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, it's good to be on here. I like, I appreciate that. Thank you. Have you been the guest on other uh, podcasts? Uh, only a few, only a handful, only a handful. I think the first one that was on was RPG Ramblings, and I like him. He's he's a, he's a solid feller, uh, Jeffrey there that does that. He's he's a good guy. Cool. Well, we're gonna put you in the hot seat on this uh, episode, and we're gonna ask you questions about your podcast and your own uh, journey into the game design world. And as always, we got to start off with how did you get involved with the role playing games in the first place? I was, it was the late 80s, and uh, I was obsessed with Doctor Who on PBS. <laughs> I was a nerdy child. <laughs> and I would go mow lawns for like $3 a pop for my little pocket money back then. And I needed anything and everything that was Doctor Who. And and we found one of the first comic stores I had ever seen in the 80s. I live in Cleveland, Ohio. We made our way. My dad took me up there to this comic store to get whatever I wanted, because I was always really into comics and Doctor Who. And there was the Doctor Who role-playing game. I didn't quite know what it was, but I had to have it. <laughs> and that's what I got with my pocket money was the Doctor Who role-playing game. And we didn't quite understand it. So we, we used to take our little action figures, lots of superpowers figures back in the 80s, lots of superpowers figures, Star Wars figures. And so what we did was we tried to roll up character sheets for our figures that we had changed into other characters. Mine originally was Secret Agent Shane, because my name is Shane, but his name changed and became cooler over the years. <laughs> so we just rolled up character sheets for all these characters and we would fight them because we didn't know you had to have a dungeon master or anything. And uh, a buddy of mine who was really into Robotech came over and said, hey, we're doing this wrong and started running some like heroes and other Palladium games for us, like Turtles and stuff. And that's kind of how we got into role playing. <laughs> that's cool. And I mean, I, you, me and you have talked before about uh, we have similar paths as far as I love Palladium, too. But do you and similar to you, when I first played, played Redbox, I'm sure we were not, not playing it right. But it was that imagination <laughs> that you're just like letting yeah. it play out. And honestly, that's probably my favorite time I ever played. And is it the same for you where you think about, even though you didn't know the rules, Doctor Who Ooh. was I, You know, I don't know. I've, I've really enjoyed it over the years. I, I, we had a lot of fun when we were kids. We were excited about it. One of the cool things, we, we didn't have, the first dice was a hard thing, but we had this math cabinet at school that had different numbered dice or different numbered shaped dice. So we started stealing those things. We <laughs> were bad little hooligans. Uh, but I do remember, like, my friend, his dad was a wrestler. Like, I guess you could say pro wrestler, but that didn't mean he had money or nothing. He was like a local carpenter who wrestled <laughs> on the weekends. But they had a wrestling ring in the backyard. 
And we'd take our, our little guys and our little character sheets and everything out to the wrestling rink. And that was the coolest thing because it was a massive base for us. We'd build up things and, you know, it was like a huge, having, imagine having your own gigantic wrestling ring sized terrain for your figures. Uh, so yeah, we had a lot of fun there. It was enjoyable. It was different, but it was, it was, you know, how we started, you know. Well, I, you just reminded me, I have an interview with uh, Adam Vass and uh, and he's from World Champ Games. And we talked about wrestling being basically role-playing and a LARP. Like, <laughs> and yeah. uh, there's a large crossover of people that like wrestling and role-playing mm -hmm. games. And I think there's a part of that, you know, suspension of disbelief of oh, like, yeah. the fantasy world of it. So it's kind of fun. My, my knowledge of wrestling is very low. <laughs> it's very... But, but it, largely most of my knowledge of wrestling came out of like this period in like the late 80s and early 90s there from interacting with them and, and getting what I got. And then a few friends who were I role played with, a few of them got into wrestling. So going to see those local shows and stuff, that's pretty much where my knowledge ends. <laughs> that's the best part of wrestling is the local shows and like the territory era of wrestling. But uh, anyways, I and I don't follow it anymore. But when I was a kid, <laughs> I mean, I love that old stuff. And in Calgary, we had uh, Stampede Wrestling, uh, which is the local territory with Bret Hart and the Hart family and all that. But yeah, it was super cool. So sorry, I got us off track there. Uh, Palladium, uh, you, you kept uh, kept playing. And where else did life take you during that time? Oh, my goodness. So that was uh, like, that was, you know, my early days of playing. I, I eventually got into D&D &D and, and, and there was a period of time in the 90s when role playing was a daily thing for me. I would go uh, and the, the role playing shops would have like people would post up the little things with their numbers. And you'd yank a number and I'd get into every bizarre little game that way. Uh, Earth Dawn. I, I attempted to edit a Shadowrun campaign that never really went too far joining in there. But I played so many. 90s, it was every game you could find, anything and everywhere. And I probably played that way. 2000, when 3rd Edition hit, I did one campaign of 3rd Edition. And uh, I was, um, I did that for about a year. I don't think it was a full year. Uh, we did we played it at Denny's it was a cool campaign because we that Denny's had a back room that was like a private room and after we played it in the booth for a couple like a week or two they started bringing us into the back room we get a private room and the woman who used to come and wait on she was, she was of course a young woman then the same age as us she would come and she would usually be our waitress uh still hang out with her to this day good friend of mine <laughs> get a grand slam and, and roll a 20 it's yeah we and oh i don't have it here the one day i don't have it i usually sip from a denny's mug that was uh that was looted from that denny's uh the night they were closing was like the night we wrapped up the campaign they were closing down and tearing down the denny's so we finished up the campaign that night and looted a bunch of mugs for memory's sake <laughs> that sounds like a good idea for a short film just saying <laughs> We had fun, um, and, and I got a couple mugs sitting around the house to this day to remember that campaign. After that, uh, shortly after that, was I, I graduated in the, in the, in the mid-90s and spent a few years off and about enjoying the Marine Corps kind of late in life because I was just kind of doing some kind of just punk rock thing, getting in a lot of trouble, you know, and, whatnot. and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do something to get three hots in a cot, and then stuff got really crazy as people know at the beginning of the century there and uh yeah my life got turned upside down as they say and uh and 
I don't think I was able to get a steady game going until about 10 years ago. There was a period there where I would try to play, like I tried to play a few times in the barracks with the Coasties, the Coast Guard guys shared barracks with us when we were at Fort Meade, Maryland. That never went too far. There was a group that played in 29 Palms, California. Like I said before, it was like once or twice, never congealed to a full campaign. I would try to get campaigns started with buddies. We'd be like, okay, we rolled up Heroes for Heroes Unlimited or Rifts or some. And at that point, I was like AD&D mostly and Palladium because I wasn't buying that many new books. And I was just using my old books when I was trying to play. So when I did finally get a current game going a little over a decade or so ago, it was AD&D stuff that we were playing for a long time. So we just stuck with those books. It was expensive to go out and upgrade and everything else. So, and, you know, I still play to this day. <laughs> and so at what point did you go, uh, hey, I'm going to start a podcast uh, and uh, share my love of gaming? So we, uh, I'm, I'm going to preface this with what I did before. I, I was a blogger for a long time. Um, and my blog was not a game blog originally. It was a, I had a political blog that got attention. Um, and I, I, I killed that thing not quite 10 years ago, but it's been dead for a while. We destroyed it, annihilated it, nuked it. It's history. It's gone. You might be able to find it on the way back machine. <laughs> um, and and uh, so putting out content and stuff like that regularly was something I'm like, you know, accustomed to. And I've been worked in, uh, I, I, in the Marine Corps. I was, was a 4611. I was a combat illustrator. I did design, illustration, uh, marketing, cross-trained in videography and stuff like that. We're with TVIC, who did the military channels. So my whole career had, for a long period of time in the Marine Corps and after the Marine Corps for about 12 or more years there was very much marketing, uh, print production type, advertising type stuff. Um, so there was all that there in my background at a point. So I translate that to doing a blog. And we started to do a little blog that wasn't pushed very regularly a few years ago. We bought up tabletoproleplaying.com and just put occasional posts that no one played, paid much attention to. Um, and it was just me and some folks from my game group. And someone had suggested that we use the, so the Wi-Fi password as the name of our podcast and or blog, because a few people had banter around, I'd like to do a game podcast, probably get more attention than the blog, because the blog world has died, it's gone, it, it's very niche, and it doesn't get the kind of traffic it would have gotten 15 years ago when it was in full swing. Uh, that kind of traffic tends to be more on podcasts. So someone said, use the Wi-Fi password, which my, my wonderful spouse is the one who came up with it, Wobblies and Wizards, as your title is catchy. People will remember it. I said, yeah, you got a good point. So I bought wobbliesandwizards.com and migrated the blog over there. And I just started, I said, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm not, I'm not, a, I was never a big podcast person. Uh, I was kind of ignorant about them. There were two podcasts that I listened to regularly. Uh, and neither are game podcasts. One is Behind the Bastards and the other is uh, Philosophize This, uh, just a philosophy podcast. I'm big into philosophy and stuff like that. So I, I approached this and I, I didn't really have any framework to work off. Of. I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to post a little 10, 15 minute thing every day until I can figure out how to do this. 
Chronicles. So that's like if you scroll back to the earliest remaining episodes that are out there, that's kind of what's happening. I'm trying to figure out how to make a podcast <laughs> and posting this stuff. Now, mind you, I have some experience with editing audio and video, mostly from the Marine Corps and other places that I've worked at in the past. I hadn't touched any kind of software like that in years. Um, and, the, and less so the audio, most sort of the video side is where my experience was. So I started looking up what I would need. I was like, okay, what should I look at for like having, because the audio was kind of crappy. I was recording with this, this not so good mic on a headset and I started trying to improve it and learn how to edit because the earlier episodes were not edited. So I started doing things like looking at YouTube tutorials on Audacity and stuff like that. And then I started looking for ways to bring someone else to talk to me in on it. <laughs> and I think a lot of the earlier episodes is, is random people just like, hey, let's try to figure out how to work a podcast. Let's talk about game stuff on here. And then I started what we started to do. People ask, oh, how do you do it? It's a daily podcast. It's, it's a lot. You listen to a lot of podcasts. They're talking about an hour or two worth of content, like weekly or something like that, right? That's what we were cranking out, essentially, maybe less. You're talking about 15-minute episodes. We're going for 10, for 10 to 15 was our goal. It was just me and a couple folks from the game group would do this on Sunday morning and just sequentially just do 15, 10, 15 minute episodes and go from there. And then I could just edit it after we record it. So time-wise might be more on the editing, but it's, I don't think it's too much more than most podcasts are. They're just doing it in one episode. Whereas the idea that I kind of had was said, oh, 15 minutes. I was kind of looking for something that was like, I want to listen to a game thing on the way to work real quick. And you only got like 15 minutes to work within that period of driving to work. So that's kind of how the whole thing started, I guess. Does that answer the question? Yeah. Or is it rambling? So now I'm going to, I'm going to do a deep dive. Uh, we, we might lose some people that are into the more of the game design stuff, but I find it fascinating. So let's go there. Um, the, uh, the behind the scenes stuff like when you record mm -hmm. your episodes do you do like in big batches uh like back to back to back or do you spread them out or is it all over the place so it's, it's very it, 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 there's a lot of answers to that <laughs> when we started with just me and light uh and and john and then and and fellow worker nick and a few others that were on at the beginning the, that was just once on Sunday morning, we'd do it. Occasionally, pick something. I don't know. And I would record a lot of them solo on my own, especially for zine reviews, because one of the early things is like, I'm going to do a zine every Thursday, talk about a zine, read it. Um, so the zine review, I'd sometimes do on my own. But most of the time, we were just recording those that morning on Sunday morning. Well, then when I started reaching out to other guests and having more people on, it started changing. So I'll block out like an hour's worth of time to record a 15 to 30 minute episode normally. And that adds a little bit more to the time that it takes to put together the podcast. So the more guests I have on, the more time, the more times that vary and I have to do the scheduling and all that and figure out, you know, where I can fit this in my schedule. Luckily, I do have a fairly flexible schedule. <laughs> so... And, I don't know if that answers the question or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess the other thing I'd, when, when did you kind of have that moment of like, people are like either coming to you to be guests or like you hit that critical mass where like, it just all kind of gelled together where you, where you went, I've got something here. 
I don't know. I don't know if I, I I'm not hundred percent sure I can answer that completely. I think it's been progressively we've only been doing like, we're just now coming up on our one year anniversary. I've only had this podcast for a year. Um, I think last February was the point where I was like, I was like, okay, I'm going to try. Cause so many people were coming to me with zine month stuff and reaching out to me. I started reaching out to a few others and said, okay, I'm going to try to fill this month every day with someone who's doing something for zine month. That's the point where I said, wow, this takes a lot of time and energy. That <laughs> <laughs> was that was the point where I said it takes a lot of time and energy. Um, and probably the point where I was seeing the most uh, amount of people reaching out to me, uh, just kind of like like to try to get on. It's definitely I get a lot of people contacting me these days, and it's hard to keep up with everyone. What I do, like, I like to talk to people like, like we've had Stephen Chenault on, uh, Matt Finch, um, you know, Chris Garnerman, who are people that I looked up to because I had a lot of their games and I've known about them for a while. And, and you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I and I got to this point where I was reaching out to people that I thought were, you know, oh, these are the cool, you know, they made these cool things. And then I was discovering things along the way as well from all the people I was talking to, exposing me to new things and whatnot. Um, we try to, like, I have an ethic that's very much like driven by my politics. Like I said, I used to do a political blog, whereas like, I like to see like the DIY the not big sellers, the not big brands, the people who are putting stuff out on their own, being creative on their own. And I like to try to push that kind of, those kinds of things, those kinds of creators and games on our site. So certain days are kind of reserved for, okay, this is just going to be some DIY creator who's put stuff out on itch and trying to get people to look at what they're doing. Um, and, and definitely a lot of folks that are putting stuff out have been reaching out a lot. Uh, some other folks have begun to reach out too as well. So I don't know when that dam broke where people started reaching out to me as much. I'm definitely still trying to reach out to folks though at the same time. There's a couple there's a couple guests that I really want to get on and, I, and I'm trying to get them on and, and we'll see. I'm hoping it happens. Are, they said they'd come on. We'll make you, it happen. <laughs> are you allowed to say, or are you going to jinx yourself by saying? I'm going to, yeah, I'm not going to jinx myself. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> and there's a couple, and even for me, there's a couple guests uh, and I won't say who, but I've, uh, you know, tried to get on and just scheduling or just timing that hasn't worked. And, uh, yeah. and I'd like to get them on at one point, but it's, uh, you know, sometimes difficult and not, not, I mean, I do video, you do audio primarily. And so like some people are like, I do not want to do video, at least yeah. that's the, what they've told me. So uh, as far as uh, one question I was going to ask you about uh, the, once again, kind of behind the scenes stuff, you have a Patreon. And when yes. did you, when did you uh, start that up? Was that right away or did it happen? No, we started, we started that sometime this year uh, towards the beginning. I want to say maybe around February ish, we started it. Uh, it hasn't been up too awful long. It doesn't seem, but maybe it's been up longer than I realized. Um, so yeah, we started the Patreon later on, on, on this. Uh, and I'm still trying to figure out hundred percent, like, like the kind of stuff that's there right now is like we'll have some some exclusive stuff. So there's even more. If you like listening to the show, there's even more content. I'll be honest, we tend to get off of game a little more into weirder territories and the exclusive stuff sometimes. <laughs> 
they're a little more candid. It's not, you're not going to get the music and the intro and everything that you also don't get the advertisement at the beginning either <laughs> on the Patreon. So, and, that, and there's I, other tiers as well. Sorry. It makes me, well, it makes me wonder, like you always start off your uh, podcast with um, pitching for anchor. How did that happen? Is that, are you sponsored? By That's anchor? just what anchor has. No, yeah. This is what anchor has anchor. Like when you go join anchor, they give you off. They say, Oh, we'll get you things. And they got this thing. It's just, you know, Every click is a few more cents, I guess, or almost a cent. <laughs> well, it all adds up, right? Uh, and yeah. I'll just, I'll digress maybe a little bit for like, I had a Patreon and in for my background it, and people can go back into my videos and see when like I was like, I did a game design and I was thinking about doing a monthly Patreon. And so I kind of put that aside and then I had one subscriber come in late when I had transitioned to doing more podcast stuff, like video stuff interviewing people and i was like well I'm not really making games right now but i think that's why they signed up was for the games and i felt yeah. like a lot of pressure i was like giving them like free like early access to video interviews but i was like i don't like the pressure of patreon i was just like you know i hope they unsubscribe soon <laughs> i just didn't want to do, do it i've been so we don't have there is not a lot that we're going to promise you in the patreon you're going to get at early access as soon as I get an episode edited and uploaded and ready to go out there. It'll be on the Patreon. So you get early access. We also put extra content on there, like audio wise. There's other things that have gone up, like a little dungeon crawl and some other things. It's hard for me to get enough time doing all this to focus on some of that stuff, like the, the, the individual dungeon crawl stuff and stuff like that. I 100% would love to spend more time on that. But I have to do other things to bring some cash in. <laughs> so the more Patreons I get, if I end up making a grand a month on there, I'll spend most of my time cranking stuff out for there. And that'll be it. But I don't see that happening this week. <laughs> so, yeah. And with all the guests that you've had over the year now, and like with so many different aspects on how they approached game design, and like I tend to do like the long form, like an hour deep dive kind of thing. But have you learned lessons from anybody along the way? I'm sure you have, but are there any that stick out that you're like, wow, like that really impacted me? I've learned a lot and, and I don't even know where to say what would be like the one that impacted me or anything like that. Um, I've definitely been exposed to whole new worlds of gaming and whole new like areas and stuff like that from talking to people. Um, I'm leaning into this rules light stuff these days, but I'm also, like we said, I, you know, I come from Palladium and AD&D, and I do like, I do like a bit of a crunch. I, I do like the old school D&D. It's kind of like the thing I'm passionate about. <laughs> and then this new school stuff comes around, like well, the NSR, they call it, and stuff like that comes around. And it seems like all the hacks that people have been putting putting out there are great things for me to steal from for my game. I, I get to check out their games and and play them out and try out and see how those things work. But I also get to import stuff into what I'm doing and, and tear it up and have my fun. Um, I'd say the biggest lessons have been I've been so I've been working on this game for a while now. I don't know when I'll be say that I'm going to try to put something out. I'll probably come out on a Patreon. And we've been working on a game that's. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know if I should try to describe it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. It's been, I've, I've been kind of, I have this apprehension to like say stuff, say too much out loud. Cause then 
I've said too much and people expect this much by this time. It's like, I don't know where we're at and putting this out. <laughs> so under promise and over deliver. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to under promise. I don't want to over promise when you hear about what we've been working on, but it, it's gone this gamut where it's like, uh, like at, at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. I'm going to make this game. I'm going to use the year zero engine as the perfect game. And then I stopped and I said, you know, I don't feel like using the year zero engine is perfect for this. Maybe if we made it as a mothership module, we went forward doing that. So we tried, started putting it together as a module for mothership. And then I realized mothership, as much as I tried to fit it in the mothership, it didn't fit. So we started looking at things like, uh, like Cairn and uh, Nave and Into the Odd and said, well, we just do a really simple system like this. And as we were doing it, I realized maybe there's a better approach. <laughs> and we went back to the drawing board and started reading through all these like Cepheus Light and the old, I got the old Traveler 77 box up there and pulling out the old classic Traveler stuff and started looking at stuff like that. I said, well, maybe there's something here and like taking some of this, this old traveler S stuff and applying some of these principles of like into the odd to this and, and and there were still things we were taking from mothership and other places simultaneously so it's kind of becoming its own beast it's not as streamlined as like a cairn would be but a lot of that just the process of going through that and us me and our game group messing with that i think a lot of that was we've been doing is stuff we've been learning from people we've been talking to yeah so and, that you well it sounds like me and you are on the similar path because i think you know obviously we're both hosting but I, at the end of the day like i really like have always wanted to design mm -hmm. games that's been you know my forever dream uh and so with that said i've gone through the whole gambit of i'm going to design my own system well i i didn't have the knowledge that maybe i do now so then i went okay what about savage worlds what about year zero engine and like you start I love chasing that year zero engine. it is it's good but then you start chasing your tail and you go well that doesn't fit with that and how could i accommodate that well yeah. maybe i should do this and then maybe i should go back to doing my own original system because that was that way you have control of it you can make it what you want it to be and you can really end up like uh not procrastinating that's not the right word but trying to find that perfect fits and sometimes i've heard a lot of advice so one of the advice that probably comes up an awful lot is just do it just get it out there, start the ball rolling. At least that's some of the designers that just, why not uh, just get it out there and let let the world uh, see what you're offering and go from there. Yeah, I think that hopefully, I, I got a few other things I got to finish up in the next couple of weeks. And I'm hoping that I have time to really sit down. And it's like a lot of the stuff that I, I, I do a lot of the layout too and stuff like that for things that I'm, I, I mess with. Uh, and a lot of the art is, is an illustrator and stuff. So there's a lot of different aspects to <laughs> trying to get it out. Like, oh, and I got to do this, this, because I'm not putting something out there without some, without the design that I want it to have. And yeah. some of that's done. Like uh, I, I have been messing around with my oil paints a little bit and making a few pieces to go with it. I may try to do some more other things. We'll see where I go, but it, 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 it's just, it is what it is. It's not the biggest, greatest thing. I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to put another game system out there. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm very much like, I just want to get stuff that's compatible with what I'm running. And when I'm tackling this, I started to see that there wasn't a thing that did what we're trying to do or what we wanted to do. Did I see a need for another game system? Maybe, I don't know how much of a need it is, but it, it 
fits what we're trying to do better. And what we're trying to do is a little, like one of the things is we're trying to veer far away from combat in our game, make it a very combat unfriendly game. <laughs> so, and, and, and some of the choices we're making on the, on the design leans into, yeah, you don't want to engage in combat type stuff. So. <laughs> and um, is that the end goal for you? Do you think you want to be like a game designer? Or are you oh no, I don't know if I would say that's the end goal. I don't know if I'd I'd say that's the end goal. Um, I don't not hundred percent sure where the end goal is with the podcast, right? <laughs> it would be if I could. I think at the end goal in general for my life trajectory is trying to get my hands in a few different things here and there that's manageable enough to like not have to sell my labor to somebody else to get by at the end of the day, being able to have a little more choice in my, my, my life and schedule. And, I, and I've, that's what I've been attempting to do for a while, if that makes sense. But So uh, as far as like the game design industry goes, what are you seeing as far as trends that you like, trends that uh, you'd like to see continue? And wh what do you see as a future for 5e or a 6e? And it seems like a lot of people are really gravitating towards OSR. I And what's your perspective on all of it? I can't speak to a five-year 60. I haven't picked up a new edition in a long time. And now that's not 100% true. I did get fifth edition books with some Walmart gift cards I got for Christmas a couple of years back. So I picked those up, but I don't actually even have them in my possession. I gave them to some kids who were trying to play. So I don't know much about the fifth edition world or sixth edition. What I like is community-driven content, community. I like the community element around the games where people are bringing their creative things out into the you know public sphere through zines or itch or whatever. I like that idea of like what I called at uh, some point in time open gaming, where the gaming community themselves puts out the content for the gaming community, where it's gamers making for other gamers you know, people who are passionate about it more so than like making a game for the profit of a shareholder. So that's what I like. And I see that booming in a lot of ways in today's gaming industry with the change of technology, with the zine scene and stuff like that, where I see people being able to have a lot more control over what they put out and be able to put out without having to have a publisher. Like, you know, back in the 80s, how are you going to pump out a game book, you don't have drive-through or anything like that. You need a press. You need a publisher. You need someone to take it up. You need some company to give you the okay to put it out. That's the trend I see that I like in the industry. Cool. Well, uh, Logar, I want to thank you for joining me here today. And I'll put all the, the links to your uh, um, website and your podcast. And everybody should uh, subscribe. Check it out. Uh, daily podcast. I love listening to it. You have some amazing guests and uh, you always bring a neat perspective to things. So, uh, you know, I think it's just a really great uh, podcast. So thank you for doing everything you're doing for the community. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's, it's, it's good to be on here. I like it. This is cool. Thank you very much. <laughs>